Hi, Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the least of these podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. In John chapter 3, I want to read you just a few verses. I want to read about four verses and we won't totally get through this this morning. John chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And so this morning, we just want to talk a few minutes about uh, what's going on here. You know, today, it seems like uh, back in those days, like it's sort of like back in those days, it, it seems to me like people just, for some reason or another, don't really get the true gospel, what it really means to be saved. This man was a man of the Pharisees. Y'all remember the Pharisees were like the elite of the elite, right? They were like the, if you wanted to be a Pharisee, you had to memorize like the first five chapters, first five books of the Bible. The first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's a lot of memorization, isn't it? And they had to memorize it. But, unfortunately, by the time Jesus came... A lot of people, they have done what they've done today. They have distorted the truth about the gospel. A lot of people don't understand the truth about the gospel. Nicodemus was a man of the Pharisees. And he was one of those that was the elite of the elite. It says he was a ruler of the Jews. And it actually says he was the ruler of the Jews. Which meant he was the top of all the, the teachers. The Pharisees were basically the legalist of the day. They were kind of like uh, today we have the law, the courtroom law, but back in the day before Jesus, uh, back in the day God had given them the oral law, right? He had given them the Ten Commandments and all the other commandments and that was the law. And these people were considered to be the lawyers of the day. They were the ones who understood the law. They knew everything about it. But the sad part about it was, even though they had memorized all this stuff, even though they had learned it all, they didn't understand anything about what it really meant to be saved. And unfortunately today in a lot of our churches, that has happened we have missed the gospel. We have misunderstood the fact that Jesus died 2,000 plus years ago on Friday. 
And the Bible says over in Romans that He died for our sins. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3 tells us the Gospel. In verse 4 it says, in verse 3 and 4 it says, the Gospel is that Jesus died for our sins, was buried, and He rose again the third day. That's the Gospel. And if you go over to Romans, you will see the fact that the, uh, the Bible tells us that Abraham was justified by faith, that he believed God, and it was counted unto him as righteousness. In other words, because the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith, when God told him that Jesus was coming one day and was going to die on that cross and die in His place and die for His sins and be resurrected, Abraham believed and God said, that is faith, right? And that faith, when, we, when somebody tells us something and we believe it, right? That's faith. Well, God said a long time ago, back as far as Genesis 3.15, He said, when He cursed the snake, He said that the snake will bruise Jesus' heel and Jesus will crush the serpent's head. That was talking about dying on the cross, being buried and resurrected. All the way back in Genesis 3.15. And so, as we look at this section of Scripture today, unfortunately, like I said, many people today in a lot of our churches, they think if we take communion, it takes communion to get to heaven. It it takes being baptized to go to heaven. It takes being, you know, believing on Jesus Christ plus good works to get to heaven. But the Bible says that, that Jesus said over and over and over again, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father but by me, right? We're going to see in a little bit, everybody knows John 3.16, right? And we're not going to get to that today, but it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And he says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through Him might be saved. And then it says, He who believes he who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So Jesus is saying, and this is straight out of Jesus' mouth, He's saying that He came into the world to die on the cross for our sins. And if we believe, we'll be saved. But He says, He who does not believe is condemned already. What that means is, in spite of what our churches have told us, and I I know sometimes I don't understand why people get mixed up on the Gospel. But the Gospel is so simple that even a little child can understand it. But it's so complex at the same time that we don't talk, that the greatest theologians have, have scratched their heads at it. But the simple fact of the matter is is that Jesus died on that cross for our sins. He was buried 
And He rose again the third day because in Romans it says He was raised because of our offenses. You know, if I were to go to the if I were to go go out to the bank, I guess tomorrow. I don't know. If, are the banks open tomorrow? If the banks are open tomorrow, if I were to go out to the bank tomorrow and I were to go in there with a machine gun and rob them, tell them give me all the money, and there was about 150 people inside the bank and they all saw me, and then the camera caught me on the tape up there. And and they had my picture on the tape, and then and then when I got the money, the money blew up on me, and you know they put that red dye in it, and it blew up all over me, and I guess that's why they caught say they caught you red-handed, but but I would have the red dye all over me, and then I went outside. There was about 500 policemen, and the newspaper reporters were out there with their cameras, and there was about another thousand people watching out there in the streets. And I went to court, you know, I'd be found guilty, wouldn't I? Because I had plenty of witnesses. And you know what? I would deserve to be found guilty. And you know, the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has done at least one thing wrong in our life. I don't know if you believe that or not. But that's the first thing we have to believe, that all of us have done something wrong in our life. Jesus said... If you've called your brother a fool or empty-headed, then you've murdered him. James says, you know, why, you know, you murder your brother with your mouth. You know, when we, if we've ever cussed somebody out or we've called them all kinds of names and we wanted to hurt them, Jesus said that was like murdering them. We've been rebellious because sometimes we don't always like to do what people tell us to do. If nothing else, we've stolen from God because the Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from God. And guess what? We don't always appreciate what He gives us. We complain about it and we gripe about it. And so the Bible says we've all done wrong. If I were to go to court, let's say I could get to court in a few weeks and I went to court, of course they're going to find me guilty, right? And... Right before I get ready to walk out of the courtroom and the judge has fixed to sentence me to, I don't know, about a hundred years because of all the stuff I did wrong. And about that time, here comes the mayor. I mean, not the mayor, the governor's representative. And he comes in and you know what he has in his hand? He has a pardon. And he says, Mr. McKenzie, I know you've done wrong. We know you're guilty. But guess what? We have a pardon for you. They hand me that pardon. They know I'm guilty, but they give us a pardon. Did you know that's what Jesus did for us? He knows we're all guilty. He knows we all deserve hell. But He died on that cross for our sins. And He died in our place that we might have eternal life. And our part is to say, God, I know I've done wrong. I've hurt you. I've sinned. I've done wrong. We sing the song, All Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but He washes me white as snow. And that song says that we can do nothing right to get to heaven. 
The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. That's in Romans 10. It says it right here. Whoever believes in Him. You can turn over a couple of pages to John 1 verse 12. It says, but as many as received Him, to them He gave the right, the authority, the privilege, the ability, whatever your Bible says, to become the children of God to those who believe in His name, who were born not of the blood. That means you can't be born into the family of God. God has no grandchildren, no great-grandchildren. He only has children. And the Jews thought they were going to heaven because they were Jews. They weren't going to heaven because they were Jews. He says, nor the will of the flesh. That means, you know, that we can work our way into heaven by doing something to please God. Nor are the will of man. Was the old train that could? I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. But the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And in Romans 6.23 tells us the wages of sin is death. When you work, you get paid for something, right? At the end of the week, they pay you a paycheck. Well, if you, if you don't trust Jesus, see, Jesus died for all of my sins, all of your sins, everybody's sins. When He was on that cross, remember He said it's finished? That meant your debt has been paid in full. And we could go to Colossians where it says He nailed our sins to the cross and has taken the handwriting of requirements which was against us away. But what He says we have to do is admit that we've done wrong. Admit that we can do nothing to get into heaven. But Jesus did it all. And then when we do that and ask Him to forgive us and ask Him to save us because He did everything that was necessary when He died on that cross, when He was buried and rose again, then and only then will He accept us. It's like if we tried to go get in to see the President, that'd be real hard, wouldn't it? You couldn't get in to see Him unless you knew somebody. Well, Jesus says... I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father but by me. And so the only way we can get to the Father in heaven is through Jesus. And Jesus is our mediator. He's our go-between. He's the one that paid for our sins. And if we're willing today to ask Him to forgive us and ask Him to save us, if we've not done that, Baptism won't save you. Communion won't save you. Good works won't save you. That's what the Bible says. You read it for yourself. This is not Marty talking. This is what God said. He says it all over the place. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And then he says, for we are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece, his poem. Something that he's going to work on the rest of our life. Created to do good works. Good works won't save you. But good works are the evidence that you have been saved. And that's what the Bible says. So I hope and pray today that you understand 
totally and completely that that's what Jesus' death on Friday was about 2,000 plus years ago. And the reason He was raised from the dead this morning 2,000 plus years ago is so that we could go to heaven. Because see, when Jesus is on that cross, He did every single sin that I've ever committed, you've ever committed, anybody that's ever been born, lived, died, ever will live, He paid for all those sins. And He says, if you will just believe that and ask Me to forgive you and ask Me to save you, then I will forgive you and I will save you. And one day we'll be in heaven. I hope that you understand that because so many people are confused about the Gospel. If you don't understand that today and you need me to stay a while, I'll be glad to stay a little while and explain it to you further. Because the most important thing about life is who we're living it for and where we're going to go when we leave, right? Statistics are in. One out of one die. And unless Jesus comes back, we're all going to pass away somewhere along the line. And I don't say that to scare you, but I do say that we spend more time planning what we're going to do for lunch or what we're going to do for vacation or what we're going to do next week than we do where we're going to spend eternity. In this little bit of time we have here on earth, 80, 90, 100 years, 115, 116 years, 120 years, some live to be that long. That's just a drop in the ocean of eternity. It's like one star in all the galaxies. Somebody said the other day that they found a new galaxy or something and it's a billion light years away. I don't know how they see that far. A billion light years. Light travels 186,000 miles a second. That means it would take a billion years to get to this place at 186,000 miles a second. That's a long way, isn't it? A billion miles is a long way. But a billion times 186,000 whatever, that's a long way. Well, let's pray. And right where you're at today, if you don't understand that, you just say a simple prayer something like this. This is just words that doesn't mean anything. But if you want to go to heaven and you're not sure you're headed to heaven, then you say something like this just quietly to yourself between you and God. You just say, God, I believe that Jesus died on that cross and He died in my place and He died for all my sins. I don't believe there's anything I can do to get to heaven. But I believe that Jesus paid for all of my sins. And by faith today, I believe that you said it, that Jesus died and was buried and rose again, and that that takes care of my sin if I will call on you. And so today, I want to be forgiven because of what Jesus did on that cross and nothing else. I'm not trusting in any good works, my baptism or communion or anything else, but what Jesus did on that cross. And so, Father, please forgive me. Please save me. And please take me to heaven one day because of what Jesus did. Now, Lord, I pray right now for each person here today, and I pray that they would know that they know that they know if they died today, they'd go to heaven. Because you said that you paid it all. There's nothing we can do. But out of, out of our 
heart cry. We, we call out to You and ask You to forgive us and ask You to save us because You paid it all. We love You and thank You for what You've done for us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Some are locked up in bodies that don't work and in the nursing home facility, in the wheelchair, the bed they cannot get out of. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems or their parents. They aren't doing right and their cries, we want to have a real family. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up in the jail and the prison, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol depression and suicidal thoughts and a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us life and to set us free and these folks are not free but we can set them free through Christ Jesus at least in their minds and their spirits. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia and surrounding Effingham and Chatham. We do about 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you'll support us in some way so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the donate now button. And we hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you.